what a game we had as we went to OT and the Super Bowl was ultimately decided heading the way of the Chiefs and that man, the inevitable Patrick Mahomes, claiming yet another win. Dick, did it live up to the expectation? Oh, I think it certainly did. I mean, the, the first half was, uh, was a snoozer. I don't think there's any question about that. Folks turning in, tuning into NFL football for the first time this year, the first time in a while, uh, probably didn't get uh, what they were anticipating in that first half. But uh, the, the adjustments made by Andy Reid in that second half, the fact that he had the confidence in his team to actually hold back plays. You know, he hold, held back some special plays including uh, the long Patrick Mahomes run, uh, a designed run for Patrick Mahomes on fourth down when he hadn't run a designed run, and I don't even know how long. Um, they, they treated him more like Lamar Jackson on that play than Patrick Mahomes, and it worked to perfection. And then the final touchdown in overtime to, to Nicole Hardman. I mean, that was a play that uh, they just completely fooled San Francisco on. Yes, it was Mahomes making a nice play, but Mahomes' best plays were prior in that draft, in that drive. That was an Andy Reid special right there that got it done. And uh, he just outcoached Kyle Shanahan once again in the uh, fourth quarter in overtime. Uh, Dick, surely now Patrick Mahomes is, is number two behind Tom Brady. I think so. Um, there are people still talking about yeah. Joe Montana, and I yeah. get it. Joe Montana's got four. Patrick Mahomes has three. But I think at this point in his career, I mean, Patrick Mahomes has nine years yeah. to get his fourth in order to uh, be able to do it faster than uh, Joe Montana, Tom Brady. And, uh, you know, he is, he is very well on his way potentially to number one. I put him right now at number two on my all-time list. And I was a big Joe Montana fan when I was growing up, and I have tremendous amount of respect for what uh, Joe Montana did, he was uh, shown in the uh, in the Super Bowl broadcast uh, on the on the sidelines in that uh, game on Sunday. So whether you have Patrick Mahomes two or three, you know we're, we're splitting hairs at this point. But if Mahomes wins it again and again gets to four, he will absolutely eclipse Joe Montana because he's just a better overall talent than Joe Montana was. They do say that history is written by the victors, and that's certainly the case when it comes to the two coaches, uh, Andy Reid, uh, quite understandably getting most of the plaudits. That said, I, I do feel as though uh, you can feel a little bit aggrieved. If you're a Niners fan, and particularly the Niners coach, uh, I didn't think he had that bad a game, but it's going to reflect poorly on him based purely on the result. One question I wanted to ask you about was that final play you mentioned on the corn dog play so am I right in hearing that it is the exact same play they won to win the Super Bowl the year prior and is that one of the great faux pas to not be aware of <laughs> given they'd done it before yeah, it's very similar no question about it uh, I think I want to say if I remember correctly the other one went the other the other way but uh, it was very very similar uh, obviously to a different receiver but Andy Reid, you know, keeping those plays in his back pocket. And I think that just shows the confidence he has in his team. He's like, you know, we're down 10 points. No big deal, right? We talked about it on uh, right before the game when I came on. I said, who's going to have the pressure when San, when San Francisco's up by 10? It's not going to be Kansas City. They're, they're fine being down double digits in the Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes now has three Super Bowls where he has come back from 10 point or more deficits that had only happened four times before in the history of the Super Bowl. And Patrick Mahomes, with one more 10-point comeback in the Super Bowl, he will have as many as the rest of the quarterbacks in Super Bowl history. So 
Andy Reid keeps those things in his back pocket until the end where I think some other coaches, they're like, hey, I got this play. I know that's going to work. They bust it out early uh, because they don't know if they're going to have that opportunity in the end or they feel they might be down too much and it, it's not going to work uh, or it's not going to be uh, effective. Andy Reid has got full confidence in his ability, full confidence in his quarterback's ability. I agree with you on Kyle Shanahan. There's been games that Kyle Shanahan has blown. 2020, I felt like he blew um, I, I think he needed to run the ball more. Obviously, when he was the offensive coordinator of the Falcons, he completely blew that game. Uh, this one, it was a well-coached game by Kyle Shanahan. It was a well-played game by Brock Purdy. They just saw a team that had a better quarterback and a better coach just outperform them down the stretch. Not that they did a bad job, because I don't think either one of those two did a bad job. Well, a lot of people on our text line, Dick, are- not sort of talking about um, Mahomes as much being the MVP. They're talking about the special teams being yeah. the difference. Well, that's been uh, that's been a bugaboo for San Francisco in, in years past, and it uh, it bit them here. I mean, you talk about that mixed, missed extra point by Moody. Um, we probably, uh, you know, Kansas City would have had to gone for a touchdown instead of a field goal near the end there. Uh, had that field goal been, uh, had that extra point been made. Now, Give it to Moody. He kicked two very long field goals in that game. And, uh, you know, one of them was, at the time was the longest field goal in Super Bowl history. So overall had a, had a pretty good game. Um, but that extra point was pivotal. And then, of course, the fumble on the punt. I mean, that just changed. You just felt the momentum of the entire football game swinging on that play right there. And it took, what, Kansas City one play to convert on it. It's amazing, isn't it, Dick? There's so many moments in a Super Bowl that – that go unnoticed and get missed when a team wins. Because I reckon one of the big stories out of the game would have been if Kansas City lost was a confrontation on the sideline mm. between Kelsey and Andy Reid. No question. Um, and, boy, you talk about the, uh, the the Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey. I mean, everything, it's all a happy ending, right, because they, they won. Had mm. they lost you uh, would have seen that Travis Kelsey screaming at Andy Reid photo and the video of him bumping Andy Reid. You have seen that for years and years had Kansas City lost that football game. And he would have had to answer to it. He really didn't have to answer to it after this game because they won. And he just went up and uh, talked about how great Andy Reid was and uh, what a great leader and a great coach he was. Now, we'll probably get the NFL Films audio of that so the story's not over nfl films usually comes out a week later with all the key plays in the super bowl and they've got all those players on the sidelines mic'd up so we'll find out exactly what travis kelsey said to andy reed but uh you know it's uh he looked surprised andy didn't he, andy well. reed. sorry dick he, he looked did. surprised and he, he actually it was a it was a heavy push too i thought it was. It was quite a bump. There's no question about that at all. I thought for a second there that uh, he might topple over. I mean, 65 years of age and, uh, uh, you know, but he held his ground. And, you know, that that's one that that we would have remembered for all time had Kansas City lost. It was a bad look for Travis Kelsey. Um, he's thrown his helmet a couple times before on the sidelines. He does. He obviously has a bit of a bit of an anger problem, but uh, whatever it did, it, it motivated him because he had one catch for one yard in the first half of that football game. One catch for one yard, and he ended the game with nine catches for 93 yards. Now he didn't get into the uh, the end zone like I would have liked to see him get in the end zone, but he surpassed both of his overs in receptions and yards. So he, overall, he had a very good game. Yeah, I know there was one special from one particular bookmaker, 80 plus. 
uh, was $3, and it was looking very average halfway through yeah. <laughs> with one yard, but ending up on 93. They got the chocolates, the punters out there. Uh, I did see a text come through, and I think this is important, given it was a big discussion point yesterday, probably still is over there in the States. If you get paid millions of dollars a year to coach a football team, this one allegedly from Kyle Shanahan in San Fran, if you get paid millions of dollars a year to coach a football team, do you think it'd be important to understand the overtime rules? Now, my understanding, I don't want to defend Kyle again, but my understanding, his, his understanding of the rules is great. But maybe tactically, he may have erred in terms of opting to have the football first. Yeah, tactically and also the communication between him and his players. Um, you know, Kyle used to Juszczyk, uh came out after the game and said he didn't he didn't know the rules the overtime rules uh, and it's to be ex- understood because I watched the game and I wasn't completely sure I knew that both teams got a chance to score and that if they still had the same number of points after two possessions we would have a third possession so I knew that but I kept looking at the clock and I was like what the heck is going to happen when the clock goes to zero and I didn't know and a lot of people mm. didn't know. Um, and then it was explained that it's, it's just basically the game starting over again and you would play four more quarters if you needed to. But, you know, to, to my response would be, well, what do you need the clock for in the, in the first place then? If you're just going to keep playing a game until somebody, until the next team scores on a, on an odd series, you know, either the third series or the, or the fifth series of the game. Um, I can understand why Kyle Shanahan wanted the ball first. He wanted to give his defense a little bit of a rest. They'd been on the field at the end of that game. Again, we're always looking for the scapegoat, right? We're yeah, always looking exactly for the guy right. to blame when exactly they lose a big right. game. And everybody's pointing the finger at Kyle Shanahan. I think he's probably taken a little bit too much heat uh, for this loss. Well, Kansas City, they will always be there or thereabouts with Patrick Mahomes. But what about the 49ers now, Dick? Where do they go? Are they, have they still got the team that's going to be there competing next year? And is Brock Purdy, are they, I think he's got one year to go on his contract. Is this something that they will look at him in that game and go, right, we'll extend him, or they'll just wait and see? Well, they can wait until the end of next year to extend him, because technically he's got two years left, but everybody renegotiates at the end of that, the, the, before their final year of their contract. So they'll have to make a decision on Brock Purdy uh, by the end of next year. And Brock Purdy showed to be a good quarterback. Um, he did not show to be able to make those pivotal plays down the stretch. He had two plays with guys wide open for touchdowns. One of them was, you know, I'll give a tip of the cap to Chris Jones for really getting in his face on that long pass uh, going from right to left on your screen. But the other one going from left to right, he had a guy wide open in the end zone. He needs to make that play. And what I thought was interesting is that everybody criticized Jimmy Garoppolo in 2020 for missing his wide receiver that potentially would have won the game for for uh, for San Francisco over Kansas City, but nobody's really criticizing Brock Purdy for missing two wide-open wide receivers. So Purdy's a good quarterback. He's an extreme value at what he's making right now, which is basically nothing. He's not going to be a good value when they have to pay him after next year. So for next year, they're a viable Super Bowl contender. The minute they start paying Brock Purdy $40-plus plus million a year, they know they cease to become a viable Super Bowl contender, in my opinion, because they can't pay the rest of their players. Sunday Red. As it turns out, Tiger Woods, he's not running out of money just yet. And in good news, <laughs> uh, Laurie thinks that his new line will be mm. a success, uh, which I think will 
Um, very <laughs> much so, Dick. Very bit, much so. I've invested in it. Uh, Laws will buy a T-shirt. Is there much discussion about it over there? I'm sure there is. Yeah, there is. Um, you know, there's there's thumbs up and thumbs down on the on the brand, on the look, on the the, the Sunday red um, moniker. You know, I think Tiger Woods is going to sell plenty of merchandise. I don't think that's the question. What we need to see is we need to see a competitive Tiger Woods. That doesn't mean Tiger Woods needs to be in the top 10 in every tournament he plays. But I want to see him come out at Riviera this week and make the cut. And he should make the cut. I mean, the cut they're only cutting like 15 guys in this whole field. So you have to play pretty badly this week uh, to, to miss the cut. I want to see him play well at Riv. I want to see him go to Augusta and play well at the Masters. Give me a top 25 at the Masters where he just looks like he can still play golf at a high level. And I think that will help his brand more than anything because there's a lot of people that don't remember a lot about Tiger Woods in his heyday. You get kids, you know, my my son's age, he's 14, he loves golf. Yeah, he remembers the Tour Championship a couple years ago. He remembers Tiger winning in 2019. He doesn't remember anything else about Tiger Woods' career. So that's, you know, to get the kids, he's going to have to still go out there and compete with the best of the best. What about this weekend, Dick? NBA All-Star Weekend. Uh, what can we expect? Oh, boy, guys. Um, <laughs> i got to be honest with you. I, I haven't even turned the page to the NBA yeah. yet. So I have been so involved in the, uh, in, in the NFL. Um, the, the NBA All-Star Game will be fun. There will be no defense. The score will be like 180 to 175 like it always is. But these All-Star Games, guys, just every, every sport now, the All-Star Game is – you know, other than baseball, it's kind of the one that still has a little bit of cachet to it. People will like the the three point shootout, the, the the slam dunk, and it's kind of like something will step up and be remarkable this weekend. We don't know what it'll be. Maybe it'll be Steph Curry against Sabrina Ionescu in the three point shootout. That might uh, that might take the headlines. Maybe somebody steps up and does an unbelievable dunk in the dunk contest. That may take the headlines. Maybe the game will be great. I just can't tell you which of the three will be great at this point. I can't believe I'm asking this, but one parting thing before you go, Dick. We've got the 2025 Super Bowl market open, uh, and I just <laughs> wanted to get your thoughts on these prices. So Kansas City Chiefs at $7.50, San Fran $7.50, Baltimore eight fifty, Buffalo $10, Dallas Cowboys 15 Bengals 15 and the Lions $15. Amongst those at the top end of betting, are there any that you think could be knocking off the likes of Kansas City or San Fran? Well, what's interesting now is that you, you mentioned that San Fran and Kansas City are the same, whereas as soon as the Super Bowl ended, San Fran was, I believe, 550 and Kansas City was 750 So look what the early money has done. The early money has gone on Kansas City now to tie San Francisco for number one in the betting, and I would go there as well. I mean, I think uh, until Patrick Mahomes gets knocked off in the Super Bowl with a full complement of players around. Remember the one time he lost, he had no offensive line. The rest of the times he's played in the Super Bowl, he's won. So I think, I believe it, believe it or not, I actually think $556 isn't terrible value, or even $7 isn't terrible value on, uh, on Kansas City. The team I'm kind of keeping an eye on right now, Joe Burrow is back for the Cincinnati Bengals. And remember, Joe Burrow is the one man that has ever knocked out Patrick Mahomes to get to a Super Bowl. So, you know, I liked Cincinnati at what, 20? 
Now, 15, 15, $15. I like that way better. I mean, you're just, you know what I think about the Cowboys. You're throwing your money away if you're giving 15 (laughs) to one on the Dallas Cowboys to win the Super Bowl. Are you kidding me? They got to get there first before they can win one. But uh, Joe Burrow has at least been to the Super Bowl before. So I'd take take Kansas City up top and I'd take Cincinnati ahead of pretty much all those teams in that, you know, 10 to one to 20 to one range. Dick. Love your help as always. It was fantastic build up to the Super Bowl and it didn't disappoint as well. The Chiefs too good though. We'll chat again soon. Sounds good, boys. Uh, look for your old man Ozzy Adam Scott to do pretty well at Riviera this week. You want, might want to put a shekel on him for a top ten.